0: Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm.
1: Welcome back to Heels in the Courtroom. I'm Elizabeth Ignolte. I'm joined today with the usual crew, Mary, Erica, Amy, and Liz. And today we are discussing the ever-exciting email. Right now I feel like everyone's sending more emails than ever with so much working from home. And we just kind of wanted to give some overview of the importance of professionalism and emails and the amount of time you can wait to reply and what to do when you really want to send that email but maybe you shouldn't or maybe you should get a colleague to look it over before you hit send. So, I'm going to give it away to Erica and see if she can share some stories about some emails.
2: Well, when we are talking about this topic, one of the high level things that we realized is a subtle art form is how to disagree over email. And I've had to do that a lot lately as far as working out some issues with opposing counsel over email. And I continue to think that email is extremely helpful to our practice. It streamlines a lot of my work and I think it's really important. Of course there are times that I think you should just pick up the phone and talk to your opposing counsel because emails flying back and forth on a heated topic rarely get things done. However, recently, I had an issue with an opposing counsel over a scheduling order, (laughs) of all things. That's usually not a very controversial topic, but without giving too much away, in this case it was. And I, at one point, was putting out my thought-out argument about why I thought things should go my way, and I got... Honestly, I think if I printed it, it would have been a six-page email back. And I started reading it, and and then I started scanning, and and then I started skipping. (laughs) (laughs) And I got to the end where the other counsel actually gave the suggestion uh, that was the counter offer, if you will, to what I had suggested. And I was fine with that counter suggestion, but there was all of this content before that, and I think some was meant to provoke me. There was a lot of insinuation, you know, about slimy plaintiff's attorneys and, and you know, what, what are you planning if, if you need that deadline type of thing. So um, sorry if that sounds too vague, but, but that's what it was. And I, instead of responding to all of those things that were, you know, kind of meant to make a point or maybe make that lawyer feel better... I realized that I agreed with the counteroffer, so I wrote back a very short email to the other attorney and I said, I disagree with everything you have written below except for your counteroffer. So we can agree to X, Y, Z. Thanks so much for your work on this. And it was a two sentence email and it got everything done. I got my filing on file with the court and I never had to engage or address all of that exchange that I didn't really see the point of if we could kind of cut to the chase so that in that situation it, it de-escalated things it diffused the situation and we got done what we needed to get done and we were able to get past it instead of starting off the case on a really bad foot which it seemed like I was invited to do <laughs> so Amy how have you kind of changed the way that you respond to emails or have you started the practice of working out saying, I'm sorry, in emails.
3: Well, I will say, this is my mantra, respond, don't react. There's very little that can be gained in shooting off an email back to one that has been aggressive to you. And I think we've kind of addressed this a little bit in past episodes, but I was just thinking... Before the time of email, which none of you ladies <laughs> remembers, so that's okay. I'm okay with that. When was uh, that? Actually, that's not true. Even when I started practicing law, we had emails. But there was still a lot of phone calling going on. And I can't imagine a situation where I pick up the phone and call a, another attorney or, or a client or anyone, really, and not say, hi, how are you? There's nothing wrong with starting out an email in a professional how-are-you manner. It's obviously rhetorical most of the time, but it's still a nice way to start. So, Erica, when you were speaking, that just kind of came to my mind, and I do that a lot, especially if it's the first email in a chain. Now, after that, you're not going to keep asking that same question, but you've you've started it out on the right foot. The other thing is I wrote down, never use all caps in all caps. Because (laughs) all caps is screaming, is it not?
4: Yes,
0: Somebody tell my mom that.
4: Caps Lock lock is cruise control for cool. It's just. I disagree.
3: All caps is screaming at me. And I can really only remember one client. And maybe Liz, she subscribed to that idea. She just, everything was all caps. And the first email I got from her, I thought she was furious at me. And then the more I learned her personality, it was a little bit of just her personality. Um, she needed to be heard. And that was one way to be heard and, and really quite effective, really. So when, when an email comes in to me that is less than professional, very accusatory, very aggressive, I have learned to just not even finish it. I will oftentimes wait a fair amount of time, not a rude amount of time, but certainly not instantly, a few hours, and, and as you say, Erica, respond to what actually needs to be responded to. If there's a, an actual question to be answered, then you can do that. I will sometimes, though, just pick up the phone. If I feel like things have gone off the rails, perhaps I've even contributed to it inadvertently or maybe not if I don't take my own advice, I'll pick up the phone, and it is shocking to me. How many people can write rude, curt emails and be nice as pie on the phone? It kind of makes me crazy, really, because I think that's it's a personality defect. I think. Wait, hold on, peak millennial, (laughs) Liz. Isn't there a term for that? Oh, a keyboard warrior.
2: Oh, Oh, I haven't heard that one, but I like that. See,
4: keyboard warrior to me sounds like coward, because it's it's someone who will it's someone who will say something electronically. When you don't have to face the person or, or actually speak to the person, but once you actually have to confront them or they have confronted you, you back off. And the reason is, is because it's uncomfortable to be that confrontational with people, which I think is why when they're very aggressive to you over email, like you said, and then you call them, you've disarmed them. Correct. And,
3: and oftentimes it definitely takes the bigger person to make that phone call? Because look, I've just gotten yelled at in an email and I'm choosing to now talk to that person because most of the time the keyboard warrior will back down, but you never know, sometimes they might still just be hot about it. But in, in this particular instance, I will sometimes make the phone call because I'm more likely to frankly shame that person into a reasonable conversation than to engage in continuous electronic yelling at each other to no end, to no good end, usually. So that, that's my technique. I, I try to start out every email, whether I have to deliver good news or bad news or whatever, with a greeting of some kind. Say what I need to say and get it done. If it can be done over the phone, that's fine, but I actually think there's a lot more efficiency in emails, mostly because it's documented. And we live in a world and work in a profession where it being documented is often very important. So I hate that we've gotten away from more of the phone calls per se, but it's
4: necessary. So Amy, just to go off your point about uh, documentation, and it's important to keep in mind that all of this, there's a there's a paper trail. There's a record. And it's something that I've sort of stuck to as my really basic rule for emails. It's something I saw a bunch of years ago and it's something that I keep in the back of my mind. And it's this joke of, you know, dance like no one is watching. Email as if, as if it is being read aloud in a deposition. And so when I send an email to an opposing counsel or to a client or whoever uh, I may be emailing in a professional capacity, I try really hard to think, would I be embarrassed if I am in the hot seat in a deposition or at trial and I had to read this email out loud? Am I going to be embarrassed by what I've written? And so I work really hard to avoid that embarrassment. Um, Sometimes I know if I can't quite get my point across in an email, I, I will make a call. If, if I have concerns that it's not going to be clear enough written, I will just go ahead and call whoever it is that, that I need to speak to. And another tactic that I've learned is when I do receive an upsetting email is, like you said, Amy, respond, don't react, but also maybe bring in some help. And I've done this on more than one occasion where I will write out a response and I will send it to someone else and say, hey, what do you think about this? Or, and Erica, this, this specifically happened with you and I, I received an email from a client that was a bit offensive. Not at me, but more at my assistant. Basically, they said something very mean to my assistant, and they accidentally hit reply all instead of just reply which is another important email rule. Watch who you're sending your emails to. Um, but she had hit reply all, and she said something pretty nasty um, about my assistant, and I saw the email. And, of course, my assistant was upset by this, and I was upset by it. You know, say say what you want about me, but don't go after you know, the people that, that work for me. What I chose to do was call Erica, explain the situation, and say... What, what do I do? I have to address this. I can't let this go unaddressed. But what do I say? Because right now I'm very heated, but I don't want that to come off in the email. And Erica, luckily coming from uh, more of an outside perspective, more of a neutral third party in this, said, this is what you need to say. And she just transcribed an email. And that is what I sent. And it looked and sounded great. And I, I never got a response from the client after that. She, her case had been resolved. Couldn't have been that great then.
2: <laughs> I, I, like to, I like to
4: think it was so great it shamed her. It Shame. made her realize how rude her response was.
2: But you were very neutral in your response, which is what you wanted to achieve.
4: You were very neutral in my response.
2: <laughs> my response was not going to be neutral.
4: But I think that that's a really important thing is if you have someone you trust in the office to help you with these types of things, go to them and, and be that sounding board for that person when they need it. So Mary, what what are your email tips? In my three
0: plus years of practice, I have used Amy's advice on picking up the phone and calling opposing counsel when it's so clear that email communication is just never gonna be productive. And sometimes it's just a matter of personality types. I think you do a lot to disarm a person. Amy, like you said, when you pick up the phone, I've had a specific attorney, anytime that I've worked with her, she sends five and six angry emails at a time to me and eventually I just picked up the phone and called her and said I'm not gonna respond to your emails if you have a problem just call me and I'm confident we can work it out I'm not mad I don't know if something's going on with you I hope you're doing okay I mean I genuinely checked in with her and it she completely just changed her tone with me and honestly the whole tone of the case changed um, after I did that because she showed very early on how she was going to be to work with. And I knew I also needed to show very early on that that's not acceptable and I'm not going to engage with somebody who communicates in that way. So picking up the phone is huge when email communications are just not productive. The second thing that I wanted to share with everybody and our listeners, especially our female listeners, is something that I've learned in early my early career is that oftentimes if i'm the only female attorney on an email thread with all male attorneys sometimes i get left off i don't know if it's a gender thing or just how early i am in my career that people don't think i need to be on case related emails and the other is that i've been on a lot of cases that have been all male counsel where the correspondence has always been addressed to gentlemen And I just, for the life of me, I don't understand why it's that difficult. My name's Mary, I mean, I don't know. I I guess I could be a guy, but I'm not. So I had a, uh, a case, I think two years ago, where for three exchanges of email, just to me, I was the attorney responding to these emails, and all men would be copied on the email, and it would be addressed to gentlemen. And I would be the only one to reply, And it was so aggravating to me and i finally decided that if it happened one more time i would say something about it and sure enough it happened another email came through that said gentlemen it looks like this date works for all of us and i put at the end of my email i am not a gentleman comma mary instead of saying thank you or hope (laughs) all is well i just put i am not a gentleman and i'm i'm usually really good about being able to take a step back and reevaluating and coming up with a response, not a reaction. And quite frankly, I
4: think that was a response, not a reaction. I agree. Yeah. There was nothing wrong with that. Yeah, nothing and, at all. And in your defense, you gave them multiple opportunities to correct themselves, and it was clear that they were not going to. So when someone needs to be called out on something, call them out.
0: Right. And in that case, there were so many, there was also letter exchanges that said gentlemen on it. And I almost thought this firm just had a a template with gentlemen, <laughs> mm-hmm. like female attorneys don't exist yeah. in the world where they practice law. So, I'm I was not referred to well, as that a gentleman. May not be wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's
0: true. Yeah. I mean, you do have to. And it worked. I mean, it worked for me in that circumstance. And I remember when I saw the attorneys in person at a deposition. One of the younger male attorneys apologized to me, and he was not the attorney who addressed the correspondence as gentleman. The older guy did not apologize, but maybe that was just too hard for him to do.
1: I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but as a younger attorney, I initiate a lot of emails for scheduling and stuff like that, like smaller things that need to get done. And a lot of time I don't get responses until a more senior attorney that also works in the firm is like hey guys is anyone gonna and it's infuriating because it's like i work here too can someone please just respond to my email and i i mean i don't know if there's a way to fix this or you know a solution to this problem but it just seems so condescending and rude like my email doesn't matter enough but once someone you know with more experience steps in and sends the same email they get a response
4: are you including your more senior attorney on that email yes there goes my advice.
2: <laughs> you know what? Just keep pushing. Okay. Poke. I mean, you, yeah, you go. Send gotta, it every 24 hours until you get a Yeah, calls. it just. And s- tell
3: the senior attorney that you don't need his help. <laughs> get your answer <laughs> right, yourself.
2: Yeah. yeah, just keep pushing.
3: Or then start calling them. Right. Say, hey, I saw you ignored my email. I'm calling you now. Okay. <laughs> okay, now I'm being aggressive.
2: So. <laughs> no, it's fine. Sounds assertive. I feel like me. I'm being,
3: I'm being like
4: mama bear.
0: That's not right. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Don't treat her like that.
4: I mean, it isn't right, though. You're trying to work on the case and advance the case, and they should be responsive. Yeah. You would think. You would think. Eventually it happens.
1: So does anyone have any quick tips that they've learned um, in how to improve their emails?
2: So I have a short list of things that I never put in emails anymore. Or when I'm editing, I edit out. One is, I think. Instead of (laughs) I just take it out of the sentence, yeah. And Amy and I talked this week about taking it out of our speaking on this podcast, so we're all working on it. The other one is saying just. Oh no. I just want to check in, or I was just thinking you would want to know. You know, just any just anytime (sighs) you put the word just in your email, just erase it, just take it out. Uh, The other thing that I learned from my sister-in-law, who's also an attorney. When she was dealing with a difficult counsel who was very angry about her response time, she found that she kept saying, sorry for the delay, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, she was responding to an email within less than 24 hours, which is overly acceptable. And she taught me to say, thank you for your patience. So stop apologizing in emails. You are projecting onto other people if they expect a response sooner so don't apologize and the other one that is just an important reminder anytime you want to clue in somebody else on an email or you know have your assistant or another attorney know what's being said i recommend never to bcc anyone on an email because the risk is is that they will not realize they're bcc'd and they may respond all or something like that. So anytime you need to, you know, get someone else's eyes on an email who should not necessarily be included on the email, make sure you send it and then go forward it to them to avoid problems in the future. Those are my quick tips.
4: I I wanna sort of take a survey of the room. What's everyone's feelings on exclamation points in emails? Thumbs down for For Mary. Mary. Thumbs
2: down for Erica.
3: I overuse. There's no question about it. I will count my exclamation points and try to limit it to one. (laughs) What are you so excited about? I don't know. I I just always, I think it's a personality thing for me, just like starting an email with a greeting. How are you? Hope things are well. Sometimes hope things are well gets an exclamation point. I mean, at the end, thanks always gets an exclamation point.
1: Yeah me i think for you exclamation points work but for me it, it makes me sound like i'm 15 i just feel like like i'm just like a teeny bopper and they're like why is you know yeah. his daughter emailing you just like <laughs> i feel like it's not a way to get respect but you already have it amy so you don't necessarily need any more well, it's just I a little smile i do respect. appreciate that <laughs> but
3: i mean when you said that i do and, and i'm talking about emails to friends emails to staff Emails to other lawyers and clients. I mean, I have to self limit my (laughs) explanation points because for me, it does, it's just, I, I think you're right. It is part of my personality, and I hope people don't think I'm psychotic when I do that. <laughs> I try to avoid double exclamation point. That's yes. yes. that's where I draw
2: the line. Yes. <laughs> I, I think it just makes it change the, changes the tone to be more casual, which is very appropriate if it's with your staff or something like that. So I use them you know, in more casual emails or more personal emails. Um, I just try not to use them in formal or professional emails. I also don't say thanks anymore at the end of emails. I've read a debate on that and I Oh well, that I, that's going to have to be
3: a separate conversation yeah, because yeah, yeah. I do
2: all the time. I
3: do not end any email without a thank you or a thanks. Most emails I start out with thank you for your email. Period. Two sentences later, thanks!
0: Exclamation point. Like, I, I mean, she's so thankful,
3: just <laughs> I'm so just grateful. grateful. Thankful. One
0: thing, one thing that I do think is interesting is that the attorneys at our office, I really think, set the tone for their staff. In their own little teams at our firm, we're kind of broken into little units that we work in, and it's interesting to hear all of your opinions on, you know, verbiage or etiquette and emails and exclamation points because I see each one of your the staff who works with you has the same tone that you all use in emails. So I, I I've definitely caught up on that too. I think that it's 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 funny to hear all of your opinions and how you operate because I think your staff is a direct reflection
2: of the tone that you set as well. That can't be true. My paralegal is a bright ray of sunshine with multiple
1: exclamation <laughs> with points. With the exception of Erica.
2: Yes. <laughs> Maybe she counterbalances me.
1: It's like a yin and a yang.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, I am accessible 100% of the time and it's not always healthy. But I'm curious what you guys think about proper response times. Because mine, you know, sometimes I try to wait like 10 minutes or so. But uh, I'm I'm curious what you think are the rules there, kind of the boundaries that you said, and what's what's waiting too long? Anyone?
2: I have the same affliction as you do. I feel like I sometimes treat my email inbox like a -a whack-a-mole game. I have, if I, so I have no patience. We know that's not one of my virtues. If I literally can't like redirect my brain away from it, I will sometimes write my response and then tag it to send a little later. If uh-huh. I don't want to. Is that too much Amy's laughing at me? Is <laughs> that, that too much? <laughs> this is how you mitigate your overeager. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, if I, and I, I, I don't do it with a you. Thing. You can and do so that? so you see how fast I respond to emails sometimes. And sometimes it's a problem. Sometimes you need to just let things marinate and work themselves out or, you know. And so sometimes I'll just, you know, respond an hour later. Amy, what's your response? It goes back
3: to one of my tenants, which is you teach people how to treat you. And I don't always like to respond quickly, not because I'm being catty about something, but because I know my schedule sometimes does not allow me to respond quickly every day. And if I need to do some research, I'm always kind of also very fastidious about my response. I don't do well unless it's just to my staff or something simple, if it's to a client or to opposing counsel, to a judge, I have to really think about my response. And I write it or I think about it. I usually don't write it, but I'll think about it in my mind for a while, and then a couple hours later, maybe I'll respond. It just takes me time to th- to put all the elements together in whatever's happening in that email to, to create a good response, a thorough reasonable response. So I think you get 24 hours.
4: I also live and die by the 24 hour rule. And I tell clients when I first meet them, you can email me anytime and I will work really hard to respond to you within 24 hours. There are going to be days where I am not going to be looking at my email. I do sort of follow Erica's track though, where if an email comes in, I will take a quick glance at it and if it's something that's a quick yes or no, I'll, I'll shoot that off. But if it's something that's going to require my attention, I will flag it and I have a set time when I'm done with whatever else task I'm working on and I will answer my flagged emails.
3: My rule is I leave that email in my inbox until I deal with it because I don't want to forget about it there are things in my inbox that might even be longer than 24 hours in fact I've got quite a few things in my inbox that are longer than 24 hours but it's not about the response time at that point it's more about the response itself if I get an email in I know it's going to take me a week frankly if it's going to take me a week to do the task that's in the email I'll shoot off a response email that says thank you for this I'll get back to you next week because I don't like people thinking that I'm being rude by not responding. Kind of, oh, it goes back to this personality thing. So if it's going to take me longer than 24 hours to respond, I will send an email saying, not I'm sorry, but thank you for your patience. I've, I've tried really hard, Erica, to get better on that.
1: So it sounds like 24 hours is kind of the hard and fast rule on that, sort of. Yeah, um, that's a good expectation. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about something that apparently happens, changing the subject line of an email thread. And I know we have some differing opinions on this. So um, first, I want Liz. Let's Let's hear your thoughts on this one.
4: I think that that is a crime <laughs> <laughs> and a sin against... All Email etiquette. Email etiquette and God. And- <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> i kidding. But I have never seen that happen where someone has changed the subject line, but apparently it's a thing. I agree 100% with
0: Liz. And <sighs> the reason being, I don't even know how I'd find an email that I want to look for, even if it's already filed away in my nice organized folders in my email if the subject line has been changed multiple times. That just, if you wanna start a new conversation, send a new email, start a new thread. This this is
4: what keeps us from descending into a world of chaos, but Amy, apparently you feel differently. I have never
3: thought of this as this horrible crime that's being described. Here's when I think it's okay. If you've got an email that starts out very vague, next meeting, And after 14 emails between or among 14 different people, you've decided the next meeting is going to be on September 2nd, sometimes I will then change the subject line to next meeting September 2nd. Because when you do go back and try to remember if you forgot to write it down, when the hell is that meeting? It's going to be in the subject line. I, I just never. What's wrong with that? I that's, don't get it. What's that's, so bad
4: about that? That's different than what. Where's I the was crime, Im- Liz? That's <laughs> different than what I was imagining because you're keeping the subject on the subject, right? You're saying this is the meeting, and now we have selected a date, and so this date relates to the meeting, right? Mostly, yes. But I'm imagining something where <laughs> we're talking about a scheduling order, and now I'm going to move over to this motion I'm filing that oh. is when i think it descends mm. into chaos if you're if you're talking about two different subjects then you need to start a new email thread because like what mary said a lot of people have certain organization and you're throwing it off you're th- no, I'm not off. doing that. I'm not doing that. Oh. Here's what I'm making then it. Then I better. owe you an apology. Yes, yes you do. Better.
3: And I'm helping accept. humanity. Do I, need to <laughs> I accept everyone's apology. Well, well.
4: <laughs> very quickly, I don't say sorry anymore. So,
0: thank <laughs> <Okay. laughs> you for my patience
4: for being patient with your s and i.
0: I.
3: So another example we have in our practice potential new clients or PNCs. We call them PNCs. And if the email first starts out PNC on Tuesday, and then after I meet with that PNC and start with the same email back and forth with my staff, then I might change it to, you know, John Smith. So when I go back and look for that first email with John Smith, and I type in a year later, John Smith, and I can't find it. Because no one ever changed it to John Smith, and that's what I'm thinking. That's the context in which I would, I would suggest it's
2: okay to
3: change the subject line. It's for
2: your organizational purposes. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah, okay. it can be done. Let me identify a real crime in the subject line. Oh no! So my former employer, and if he were ever to listen to this podcast or any fat of my chance, old, baby. Fat colli- fat chance. yeah, <laughs> or any of my former colleagues would listen to this podcast you need to forward it directly to him and I have some suggestions for the subject line (laughs) so my former employer who I love he he would appreciate me poking fun at him about this would often send emails to associates with the entire content of the email in the subject line which I found irritating sort of hilarious because I was you know kind of thinking in my mind like Does he not know how email works? (laughs) Um, And and just really, really a crime against email etiquette. So don't do that ever. Was it in all caps as well? (laughs) That would be a real crime. That would be a felony. (laughs) And the funniest thing is that I was working with an opposing counsel recently who is one of my former colleagues from my old firm. And no doubt, he sent me an email with the content in the subject line, and I immediately picked up the phone and started echoing him <laughs> for doing that. And he was laughing so hard. He's like, I, I can't stop. I can't get out of the, the <laughs> habit. So it, it was crazy. And I hope that someone at my old firm listens to this and forwards it on.
0: And one other piece on email etiquette before we wrap up this episode that I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, it. it really irks me when... There's email correspondence with attorneys and support staff on an email, and it's an attorney from this office and an attorney from opposing counsel's office, and you direct your staff to do something with opposing counsel on the email. Right. It bothers me so much, and I I don't I don't really know why it bothers me, but I've been on emails before where either another attorney in this office or an attorney at opposing counsel's office has said, hey, can you please save this? And it just bothers me because I'm like, why are we... I, I don't know. I don't know if it, it feels disrespectful or something. So um, I do that
4: too. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Amy, I have been on enough email threads with you. I don't think I think we may be having another episode of, or a moment of miscommunication. Because what I see you do, what oh I see God. you say is,
0: Do <laughs> I well, need to apologize to Amy again? <laughs> no, because we apologies Good. are over. Apologies. Nobody, no
4: guilt. Nobody no
3: apologizes to nobody in this room. <laughs> apologies
4: are canceled. <laughs> Well, <laughs> what I see you do, Amy, is say, I will have Donna send that over. I will have Donna that's do different. that. Yeah, and that's you will, different that's it. Maybe you'll CC Donna. And I do that just to prove to them, hey, I really am going to do it. I promise on my word I'm going to have, have Donna do it. She's on on this. So I've seen you do that. But I've never seen you do anything like well, dire- redirect the email to someone else new. Sometimes. Unless, oh, no. I guess never again. <laughs> sure. I guess. I mean, I think I'm not
0: a rude person. But perhaps We're pretty I a am. Well, you're now matter. I know you're not a rude person, and you do it, so it might. Maybe it's not well, rude.
3: Well, I'll give you the context. <laughs> if I say, uh, "Dear Jim, the plaintiff's deposition will be on, you know, January 12th," I then sometimes I will CC Donna, of course, but then I will sometimes, you know, hard return Donna, please calendar, as opposed to sending it to Jim finding it in the scent and forwarding it to Donna to make sure that Donna actually calendars it. I don't do that very often, and I usually do it only with people on the email that I don't think will be offended by that. But most of the time, I will take the extra step to find it in my scent and forward it to Donna. It's just an extra way because I don't want Donna to then say, oh, I didn't know I needed to do that. And me say, well, you were CC'd. And she say, well, what does that mean? And me say, well, what it means is, you know, right. and I just avoid that.
1: Wow, who knew there were so many differing opinions on how to send an email? This has (laughs) certainly been enlightening, and to sum it up, I think that it's pretty clear that everyone has their own style, and something that you do might irk some other people, but that person just needs to get over it. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Don't apologize about it. uh, Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you learned as much as I did. Um, As always, our episodes are available every Wednesday. Please subscribe, leave comments. If you have any questions or comments, you can leave us a note at heelsinthecourtroom.law. Thanks again. Have a good one, guys.
2: Bye. 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 Cheers.
4: Heels in the Courtroom is
0: brought to you by the Simon Law Firm. Connect with Amy, Liz, Mary, Erica, or Elizabeth at heelsinthecourtroom.law.